Paul was made a steward of that mystery. And he had a responsibility of sharing that mystery, that secret of Jesus Christ in the church with the Gentiles. And let me tell you, my friends, you and I also have the responsibility of sharing Jesus Christ with others around us. Every minister of God is a steward of God's grace. And every minister of God has the responsibility of sharing God's grace Welcome to the Destined to Win podcast with pastor and teacher Tim Masters. Pastor Tim is the senior pastor of Victorious Life Christian Center in Flagstaff, Arizona. I'm Joe Harding, inviting you to join us for worship services Sunday mornings at 10 a.m. at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. For more information on the ministries of Victorious Life Christian Centers or to make a donation, visit us online at vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Now with today's message, here's Pastor Tim Masters. It is exciting to be here with you this morning. Pastor, thank you for the opportunity and the privilege to be here in the house of God with all of you. And I've been blessed already just sitting there, hearing the music, the songs, the words that have already been said. Church, you blessed me already this morning when you came up here and you appreciated your pastor and his wife. That don't happen a lot in a lot of churches. And I was blessed with that. I pastored here in Flystaff at Sunnyside Church of Flystaff for 22 years. Pastored in Phoenix for eight years. And I have... Proudly, and I give all the honor and glory to Jesus Christ, to God, to our God, that he saved me when I was 19 years old, and about six months later, the Lord called me into ministry, and I've been serving him since, me and my wife. I've been blessed already. I was asking pastor, now how much time do I have? We like to talk a lot, don't we, sometimes, pastors? (laughs) But uh, I just need to say this also. Um... I was blessed also when you said, when I heard you say, and I pray all of you think about this because it's important. Your children, you love them. But let me tell you, husbands, let me tell you, wives, if you're here and you're saying your children are before your husband or before your wife, you got it wrong. You got it wrong. And you blessed me when you said, it's God first and then it's my wife. You pray for your pastor because God has called us as pastors into the ministry and we love what we do. And and I fell into that trap and I'm just going to say this before I share with you. I fell into that trap where I was constantly busy, busy with the church. And I neglected my family, my children. And sometimes there was times when my children would say to my wife, well, why don't dad just get his sleeping bag and stay at the church? 
because he's never home. Now, I can't take that back, but I can try to do my best now. And I remember one time, and this happened in my life, probably about maybe 26 years ago, I had went into a Christian bookstore in Phoenix, and as I went into that bookstore, God just, the Spirit of God just kept leading me to the marriage section. And I went over there, and I picked up this book, and I started reading a little bit, and I put it down, and I started walking along uh, uh, other places, and the Spirit of God would just take me right back to the marriage section. And to the same book. And I picked it up and read a little more, bit more about it, and I said, this guy's crazy, and I put the book down. And I went around again, and the Lord led me back to that book, and I bought it. And I started reading it. And one of the things it said Go to your wife and ask her if she feels that she is number one, God first, but then her in your life. And I looked, and I, and I read that, and I said, no problem. And I went home, and I asked my wife, do you know that you are first in my life? God first, and then you? And my wife said, no, I don't. I about fell backwards. You know what I said? What do we as men say? Well, I take care of you. I provide for you. You have a roof over your head. You have a car. The kids are fine. We're eating. And this is what I said. And I started putting into practice what Gary Smalley, some of you know him, what he said. It took five years. Five years. For my wife to really believe in her heart that she's number one. And she knows that now. See, it's Christ first, then my family, then the church. That's the way it should be. Amen? God, your family, and your church. But in your family, husbands, wives, it better be your husband and your wife because your children are going to grow up and go away. And it's just going to be you too. And if you haven't made that connection strong, you're going to have a lot of problems when those children leave. Now, how many of you here this morning have your Bibles? Let me see them. Let me see the Bibles. Amen. I want to encourage you to bring the word when you come in the house of God. And those of you that couldn't raise your hand, don't have a Bible, go get a Bible. This is our roadmap. This, there's treasures in here for you and I as God's children. Before I, I start, I want to do something else. Something that I've always do before I preach. And you probably know the saying, and John already knows what I'm going to say probably and some others. But I heard this about 20 years ago. And I say it every time before I start preaching. And I believe this with all my heart. God is good all the time and all the time. God is good. Amen. Now I want you to help me out. God is good. And all the time. God is good. Amen. And if you don't believe that, just start saying that every day for 30 days and watch. You will believe that God is good. Now, you might be here right now and you say, you know what, I know God is good. And things might be going good in your life. You know, it's, it's easy to say that God is good when things are going well. When everything's A-OK. 
But is it easy to say God is good when you're going through some kind of hardship or trial in your life? I, I remember when that finally, finally, I had to really believe that. I was put to the test. And this will be later on that if I'm invited again, I'll share this with you. About eight years ago, nine years ago, my son, who is now 31, he was 23 years old, he got sick. We ended up taking him to the emergency room here in Flagstaff. One Monday morning, I was supposed to be at a pastor's breakfast, and I know that God left me there. And he left me at home for a purpose. I didn't get up. And I know it was God saying, you stay right here in bed. You're not going today. And then a little while later, my wife hears my son groaning, and I go into his room and I say, Eric, are you okay? And he says, no, Dad, I'm not feeling well. And then I said, well, get up. Let's go to the emergency room. He said, no, just give me a couple of aspirins. So I gave him a couple of aspirins, and my wife said, no, he, he's still in there going, goes, he was wrong. And you know, my, my son is uh, six two. <laughs> Where did he get it from? Not for me. Comes from a wife's family. Six two. And I said, get up, get ready. And he said, Dad, well, how am I going to get in the car? I said, don't worry about it. Just lean on me. Amen? And I got in the car. Took him to the emergency room. Four hours later, they said to me and my wife, your son is going to die. That's the first word that came out of that uh, uh, nurse when they found out what my son had. Your son is going to die. And we looked at her, at him, and we said, you know what? He is in God's hands. And today, my son is still alive. And I praise God. Consequences, yes. I'll tell you about that later. Consequences, yes. But he's still alive today. And I remember that Sunday morning that I had to get up there in front of the pulpit like I do every Sunday morning and say, God is good all the time. And all the time, God is good. And I believe that. And if you don't think I believe that, if you've seen a 1967 orange and blood black mustang around that's mine and in the back window bright orange it says god is good amen and i use it for a witness for god amen now what i like you to do is i like you to open your bibles with me and i like you to go to ephesians chapter 3 ephesians chapter 3 starting with verse 1 and we are going to go all the way down to 13 and I pray that you would be praying for me. John already prayed for me. Now see, I came prepared with two Bibles. I was thinking, well, should I take another? I had three. You know? And I'm going to be reading from the NIV. But I also brought another translation because I want you to see very clear what God's Word says in Ephesians chapter 3. This morning I would like to share with you that God had a secret and he let it out. God had a secret that no one knew about but him. And the time came that he let that secret out. And that's what I want to share with you here this morning. Now in many of the translations as we start reading, you will see about a mystery. There was a mystery. God had a mystery. And it starts in verse 1 of chapter 3 in Ephesians. For this reason I, Paul... The prisoner of Christ Jesus for the sake of the Jew, you Gentiles. Surely you have heard about the administration of God's grace that was given to me for you. That is the mystery. There it is. Mark it in your Bible. Made known to me by revelation. 
as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ. Amen? Can you hear somebody say amen? amen? To the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, and it is now been revealed by the Spirit of God holy to the holy apostles and to the prophets. This mystery is that through the gospel, amen? Amen? The good news, some of your translations might say, that through the gospel, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel, members together of one body, and share together in the promises in Christ Jesus. I became a servant of this gospel by the gift of God's grace given me through the work of His power. Though I am the last... The, the last and the least of all God's people, this grace was given me to preach the Gentiles the unsearchable riches of Christ and to explain to everyone the administration of this mystery. There's the word again. Which for ages past had been kept hidden in God who created all things. Verse 10. Church. Church. Verse 10, notice what it says. Amen, I get excited, I'm losing my place here. His intent was about how through the church, through the church, the mainfold wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose which he accomplished in Christ Jesus our Lord. Amen? In Him and through faith in Him, we may approach God with freedom and confidence. I ask you, therefore, do not be discouraged of me because of my suffering for you, which is for your glory. Let us pray. Dear Father, we come before you thanking you and praising you for this day. Thank you, Father, for the opportunity for the blessing that you gave all of us this morning when we open our eyes to another day to come into your house and to worship you, Lord. And Father, we pray that everything that has been said and done to this point has brought honor and glory to you. And now, Father, we pray that you would receive honor and glory through your word. Father, I pray this morning that there would be less of me, but there would be more of you. For we pray and we ask this in Jesus' name. Amen. And the church says, Amen. Amen. Now, as we look at these scriptures, and I'll try to do my best to get us out of here, maybe a little laughter. Is that okay, Pastor? Amen? I'm going to try. Do my best. Now, when you hear me say, this is the end, just look at John. He'll start laughing. This is the end of the sermon. Because he knows what happens many times. Now, if you notice in the scriptures, twice in this letter, Paul reminds his readers that he is a prisoner. A prisoner for Christ. But the end, at the end of, this, of this, this letter, in Ephesians chapter 6, verse 20, Paul calls himself an ambassador in bonds. First he's saying he's a prisoner, but then he says he's an ambassador. And therefore, Paul knew and he understood that he was to, he had been sent forth as an ambassador for, from God to share about the Lord Jesus Christ. 
And this is what you and I ought to be doing. And no doubt, the efficient church was asking or wondering, well, why is Paul a prisoner in Rome? What is going on? And Paul starts to explain his situation here. And in doing so, he explains one of the greatest truths in this letter, the mystery of Christ and the church. And that's what I want to talk about here this morning. In the New Testament, a mystery was a truth that was hidden by God in past times, but has now been revealed to those who belong to His family. Can you hear somebody say amen? They have now been revealed to us. We are the family of God. Now my friend, if you're here, and you know Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, then you are part of the family of God. You are part of the church. The universal church. And one day, yes, God is going to come and He's going to take us home. Amen? Amen. Amen. But my friend, if you are here and you have not trusted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, you have not asked Him to come into your heart and forgive you of your sins and trusted Him as your Lord and Savior, then you are not, my friend, part of God's family. But He loves you that He wants you to be. Amen? Amen? Now, I say this. Don't get mad at me. Talk to God about it. Talk to God about it. But that's the way it is. And it's been revealed to us. And Paul explains this mystery to the now that Gentiles and believers and Jews are in, in Christ are now one body in Christ. Amen? Jews and Gentiles. That's what the word says. And we'll look at that in a little bit. So Paul begins this section. And he begins this section with the intent, with the intent to pray for the efficient church. But, all of a sudden we see that he starts explaining to the church about this mystery, about this secret of Christ and the church. And in this explanation, Paul shows that this mystery, this secret, was important to four different groups of persons. And that's what I want to talk about this morning. First of all, this mystery, this secret of the church and about the Lord Jesus Christ was important to Paul. It was important to him. Look look with me again, if you would, at the verses there in Ephesians chapter uh, 3, 1 through 5, very quickly. And notice what Paul says. For this reason, I, Paul, a prisoner of Jesus Christ, for the sake of the Gentiles, Surely you have heard about this administration of God's grace that was given to me. That this mystery made known to me by revelation, as I have already written briefly. In reading this, then you will be able to understand my insight into the mystery of Christ, which was not made known to men in other generations, as it has been revealed by the Spirit of God to the holy apostles and to the prophets. So this mystery, first of all, was important to Paul. Now, Paul was a prisoner because he believed in God's new program of uniting Jewish believers and Gentile believers into the body of Christ, the church. Amen? Paul believed that. And that's why he was a prisoner for God. 
Paul knew from the very beginning of his Christian life that God had called him to take the gospel, the good news of Jesus Christ, unto the Gentiles. Let me ask you, my friend, do you as a Christian in the Lord Jesus Christ understand that God has called you also to take the good news, the gospel, to other people around us? Amen? That is the purpose. That is what you've been saved for. That is what I have been saved for. And Paul knew that and he understood that God had called him to take that good news, to take that gospel to others. And you know what Paul did? Wherever Paul went, wherever Paul ministered, he founded local churches. See, this is a local church. Victorious life. And that's what Paul would do. And he'd go and he would he'd start churches. And guess what he would start them with? All Jewish believers. No. Jews and Gentiles. Amen. He, he knew that God had called him to go into the Gentiles. So as he ministered, he not only ministered to Jews, he ministered to Gentiles. Do we have any Jews here? Any Jewish? Yeah, we have one. Amen. All the rest of us are what? Gentiles. Gentiles. And Paul knew that this is what God called him to do. He founded churches that were composed of believers that were Gentiles and Jews and all of them together in Christ made up the body of Christ, the church. Amen? So God gave him the ministry that he might go to the Gentiles not only with the good news, now, we all know what the good news is, amen? Because many of our scriptures say the gospel. The good news is that Christ died for our sins, Christ was buried, and Christ rose again on the third day, and he lives, amen? Amen. And my friend, I want to tell you, if you're here, I want you to know that Jesus Christ died for your sin. And the only way that you can be forgiven of that sin is you must believe and trust and turn your life over to him and repent of that sin and start living for God. Amen? Amen. And that's what Paul was supposed to do. Not only share the good news of salvation to the Gentiles, but also to share with the Gentiles that they are now one with Christ, with the Jews in the body of Christ. Amen? Paul was made a steward of that mystery. And he had a responsibility of sharing that mystery, that secret of Jesus Christ in the church with the Gentiles. And let me tell you, my friends, you and I also have the responsibility of sharing Jesus Christ with others around us. Every minister of God is a steward of God's grace. And every minister of God has the responsibility of sharing God's grace with others around us. Amen? Now, let me put it this way. Your pastor here, he's not the only minister. Let me tell you this. As I walked in, I was blessed this morning. As I walked in, and I seen these men and these women wearing, brother, would you stand? Amen. Suited up like this. Man, I was blessed. Ministers. So, what am I saying? The pastor and all the ones that are dressed up real nice with their suits are ministers? No. 
Each and every one of us here that has accepted Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior are ministers. And you have the responsibility, just like your pastor has the responsibility, and others around us that are ministers has the responsibility of sharing Christ, so do you. So let me ask you this. Are you just here sitting in a seat? Or are you ministering? I hope not. I hope not. Because that's what... That was not God's intention when he saved you and I. He called us as ministers. This ministry, praise God, there's treasure in here. This This mystery or this secret was revealed by the Holy Spirit to the apostles and to the prophets. Amen? That's what the word says. But Paul says, but this mystery was revealed personally to me. Wow, you imagine that? He says it was revealed to the apostle and the prophet, but God revealed it to Paul. Paul, that's what the scripture says. It's right there in the scripture. So that's why it was so important to Paul. And Paul had the, the responsibility of sharing Christ and about the church to those around him. Now, this mystery, this secret, was not only important to Paul, It was important to the Gentiles. Amen? It was important to them. Let me ask you this. How important is Jesus Christ to you? See, my friend, it's not about you. It's not about me. It's about Jesus Christ. Amen? How important is Jesus Christ to you? And let me ask you this. How important is the church, the body of Christ, to you? Man, you... This excites me when I see in here what I have in Jesus Christ. I don't know if you saw it there, but I want you to see. Look at verses 6 through 8. And I'm going to go very quickly here to get this, because I want you to see it, starting with verse 6. And the secret is that through the gospel, look, through the good news, amen, the Gentiles are heirs together with Israel. Amen. Let me tell you this. All I'm going to say about that is that because of what Christ did on the cross, you and I share in everything that God has promised for His Jewish people. Amen. That's what this word is telling us. And that's why it was important to the Jews. Jesus' work on the cross accomplished much more than our salvation. Much more. What Jesus did on the cross, He reconciled Jews and Gentiles to each other. But not only did Jesus, when He, what He did on the cross, uh, reconcile Jews and Gentiles together, it also reconciled you and I into God. Amen. Into God. And this why they, the Jewish, the Gentiles were so excited about this mystery. Believers. In Christ, you and I that are Gentiles, we have a wonderful relationship with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. We are going to share equally with the Jews the spiritual riches that God has with for them because of the covenant and the promise that he made with Abraham. It's yours and mine. And not only that, but I want you to notice that the scripture says, not only are we heirs together, but it also says in that verse, let me get there, get excited, my Bible's moving on me. It says right there that we are members together of one body. 
Amen? That excites me. Gentiles are also fellow members of the body of Christ, the church. And my friends, let me tell you, there is only one body. Amen? One church. Now there's a lot of local churches, but we're one body in Christ. Amen. One body in Christ. Now I don't know about you, but this, this, gets, this gets exciting here. I think about my human birth. I'm a Mexican-American. Mexican-American. My wife, from Mexico. Full-blooded a Mexican. Full-blooded. Some of you here are Caucasian. Some of you here, man, when I saw the mixture this morning, I would praise God. This is the church. And Native American. And uh, uh, African American. And we're all together. And we make up the body of Christ. See, our human birth determines a racial distinction. But our spiritual birth unites us as members of the body of Christ. Amen. Now I want you to look around. Man, isn't the church beautiful? Beautiful. Now you might be thinking, Manny, but we worship in a school. What's beautiful about this building? Uh Ah, I'm not talking about the building. I'm talking about the church. Right here, you, amen, amen, give God a hand, it's beautiful. I remember one time going into a restaurant here in Flagstaff, and I was with some of my brothers in the Lord, and there was some of us that were Mexican, there were some of us that were Anglo, if I could use the word, and some of us were Native American, and we had a couple of black pastors, and we were going to a restaurant. And as we walked in, we said, we need a place to sit, we're here to eat, and I said, these are my brothers. And that waitress just looked at me and said, your brothers? I said, yeah, they're my brothers. And Jesus Christ is our brother and God is our father. Amen? Amen. Just yesterday, yesterday, or uh, Friday, walked into the bank, Chase Bank, and I saw a brother there and we hugged each other. And then one of the ladies came over and asked us if she could help us. And then the brother looks at me and says, yeah, you can help us. This is my brother. And then I go, yeah, we both got the last name, the same last name. He was a Martinez and I was a Martinez. But we weren't blood related in any way. But he said, but he's my brother. As a matter of fact, we have different mothers, but we have the same father. That's what he said. (laughs) And she looks and says, what? And he says, God is our father. Amen. God is our father. And man, I'm excited about the church. Now let me tell you this. The church is not perfect. Sister, you help me out. Is your husband perfect? Is the pastor perfect? No. You know what? Just ask my wife if I'm perfect. And she'll tell you no. I'm not perfect. The church is not perfect. The church is not perfect. And my friend, if you're here visiting today and you're thinking in your mind, you say, oh man, I found the perfect church. You better not join it because you're going to ruin it. Because you're a sinner saved by grace. We are not perfect. But God loves us. Amen? Amen? Loves the church. Christ is the head of the church. He is the head of the body. 
And each of us as members of that church have a responsibility of sharing in the ministry. I got excited when I heard the pastor say, and we have a family that uh, just hurt herself, broke her leg or something, and we need people to step up and start helping with some food. Did you know that's a ministry? That's a way to serve in the body of Christ. Man, take advantage of that. If you are here and, and there's not much that you're doing, go to that sister and tell her, you know what, I could take a, some food to this family. That's ministering to the body of Christ. This is what we are called to do. Not only do we have a new relationship, that we are partners with Jews and Gentiles and we share together, but we are partakers of God's promises that's what it says in his word also. It says right there that we are one members with Israel, members of one body, and we share together in the promises of Jesus Christ. Amen? The promises. I don't know about you, but the Bible talks about many promises. And Pastor, I'm going to be honest with you. I don't know all those promises yet. But I know one thing. The Bible says that all of God's promises are yes in Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen? They're all yes. Yes. And I know one thing. And Satan has never been able to take this away from me. When I was 19 and I got saved, I got saved and I knew I was forgiven. And I still believe that today. And he'll never be able to take it away from me. That's a promise. I am saved and I have eternal life in Jesus Christ. And you do my fr- you do also my friend. Don't let Satan deceive you. Brother, I got excited when you had the strategies of Satan. I went through that study. I taught that to the church also. See, all Satan wants to do is destroy you. Deceive you. You know what? He'll never be able to destroy our spiritual life. Amen. That's secure in Christ. But you know what he can do in your family? in your job, in other places, he can destroy your influence if you're not careful. That's what he wants to destroy. The influence that you and I have in a world out there that still needs Jesus Christ. We need to be careful. And I pray that you go through that study with your pastor or whoever's going to be doing that study. You will be blessed as you go through it. We have a new relationship. I'm going to end here pretty soon. There's my first one, John. Okay, but you know what? I don't know if you saw in the scripture, but verse 7 says, and I became a servant of the gospel by the gift of God's grace that he gave me through the working of his power. Amen? We have the power of God in us. We have the power of the Holy Spirit in our lives. Amen? And God gave Paul the power to accomplish the ministry that God had called him to do. And you have the power to do and accomplish the ministry that God has called you to do here in Flight staff. Amen? Amen. You and I have the mighty power of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus Christ and it's available to us right now to live and to serve God. Let me ask you this. Are you today living? Oh, it's not up here anymore. The victorious life? Are you? Let me tell you, my friend. The only way you can live a victorious life is through Jesus Christ. It's the only way. And if you're here and you don't know Jesus Christ as your Savior, sorry to tell you, but God's Word tells you, you are not living a victorious life. You are living a defeated life. There's victory 
only in the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, this mystery about Christ and the church was not only important to Paul, it was not only important to the Gentiles, but it was also important to the angels. Did you get it? Did you see it there? It was also important to the angels. Did you know that the angels are right now looking at the church, and when they look at the church and see what God is doing through the church, they see the wisdom of God. Amen. Amen. They see the wisdom of God. That's what it says right there in that verse. I want you to see it. Don't miss it. It says right there in verse 8, it says, or excuse me, 9, and to, and unto, and to make plain to everyone that administration of this mystery for which in past ages was kept hidden by God who created all things. His intent, look at the intent. This is what it's all about. His intent was that now through the church the mainfold of God's wisdom should be made known to the rulers and the authorities in the heavenly realm. Amen. Angels looking down and seeing Jews and Gentiles, Mexican, Caucasian, black, white, Native American, all together working together in the church and they see the wisdom of God. Amen? Being displayed and they stand amazed. That's why it was even important to them. Now, it should be important to us as Christians. Christ and the church. When God saved Paul, God deposited within him the precious treasure of the gospel. Can I say that again? When God saved Paul, he deposited within him the precious treasure of the gospel. When God saved me, he deposited within me the precious treasure of the gospel. I have a treasure here. And this treasure, it's all mine. I'm going to keep it all for me. Smells kind of good. No. The treasure that you have in you, Jesus Christ that lives in you, the Holy Spirit of God that lives with you, God that lives within you, you are to share that treasure with others around you. Can I hear somebody say amen? So with the pastor's permission... I have a treasure for you. I'm going to take one for me. And do me a favor. If you do open right now and eat it, don't throw the wrapper on the floor. Please. Okay? Now we're going to start over here and pass the treasure. And I think I have enough for the whole church. I was thinking, how much should I have? And I want you to take one little treasure and pass it on. See, God don't want you to keep it to yourself. He wants you to share it, okay? So pass it to every row so that everyone could get that treasure. Paul knew that. He knew that God had deposited in him a treasure of the truth of the gospel. And Paul, in turn, you know what he did? He was committed to that truth and he shared it with others who were committed to share that truth with others. And you know what they did? They guarded it and they shared it with others. And this is what we are to do. We are to guard the words of God, the truth of the gospel. But not only are we to guard them, brothers and sisters, we are to share them with others around us. Amen? Amen. Amen. At the close of Paul's life, he was able to say to the honor and glory of God, 
I have kept the faith. Amen. I pray that when I die, I will be able to hear those words and God help me to keep the faith in Jesus Christ until I die because I want to I want to hear the words well done thou good and faithful servant I want to hear that amen I don't know about you but I want to hear those words so I want to be able to continue to fight all the way to be able to say I have kept the faith now during those days my second I'm ending during those days the truth of the gospel of Jesus Christ, that mystery of Jesus Christ in the church, they were guarded, they were preached, and they were handed down to other faithful, and if I could use the word, men and women. Men and women. And they shared it. Yes, God had a secret about Jesus Christ coming and dying, but not only dying, being raised from the dead. And he let it out. Now, if you are here today and you understand your wonderful position in Christ, your wonderful position in Christ, then I'm asking you, my friend, live up to it. Amen? Live up to it. Let others see you where you work, wherever you're at. Let them see not you, but let them see Christ in you. And I guarantee you, if you live up to being what we are called to be as God's children, there will be someone that comes up to you and says, you know what's different about your life? And when they ask you that, you need to be prepared to tell them it's Jesus Christ. Yes, that secret was important to Paul about the church and about Jesus Christ. It was important to the Gentile. It was important to the angel. And brothers and sisters, it ought to be important to you and I. Now, I want to end with this. The church is not perfect. But I want you to see a verse with me. I want you to go to Jude, that little book that seems to hide back there. Jude. And I want you to look at verse 24. Amen. Now remember, church is not perfect. We mess up. We don't, in, uh, we don't do it by intention, but sometimes we even hurt each other as believers in Christ. I might hurt you. That's not my intentions, but it happens sometimes. And same with you. But look at verse 24. This excites me. And I end with this. Look what it says. To him who is able to keep you from falling. Amen. And to present you, you, before his glorious presence without fault and with great joy. Amen. One day the church is going to be presented in the presence of our Lord Jesus Christ, without fault. That's you and that's me, my brother and sister. We are going to be presented before our Lord Jesus Christ, perfect. Can I hear somebody say amen Amen. about you? That's how we're going to be in Christ, 
That ought to excite us. We are going to be presented before our Lord Jesus Christ. And I don't know about you, but Pastor, all that I've been doing for the Lord in these 40 years that I've been serving Him, I know I have some crowns. I know I have some crowns. And I don't know about you, but I want those crowns. He said, wow, man, he's getting selfish. I want those crowns. Because I want to have those crowns that Jesus Christ presents to me so that I can have something to present back to him. Because you know what? I'm not worth And neither are you. But pastor is sad to say, a lot of Christians are going to stand before Jesus Christ empty-handed. Empty-handed. Because they're not doing nothing for Christ. Church, don't, don't, don't let that be you. Pastor Tim Masters with this week's message on the Destined to Win podcast. Destined to Win is made possible with the prayerful and financial support of those destined to win. To donate online, visit vlccaz.org. That's vlccaz.org. Destined to Win is a production of Victorious Life Christian Center with services Sunday mornings at 10 at the Flagstaff Middle School Complex. I'm Joe Harding. For Pastor Tim Masters and the congregation at Victorious Life Christian Centers, you're invited to join us here next week for another edition of the Destined to Win podcast.